Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blackhawks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. We are here after a Blackhawks loss out in the desert by a score of 5-2. to two. Tone, it was another tough go of it tonight uh, for our Blackhawks. Johnny, we've seen this before, haven't we? I think we've recapped the same game, just with exchange opponent XYZ, at least seven or eight times this year. It's yeah. So you're not going to get much, you're not going to get much expert analysis on this because if you've listened to this show, we've we've analyzed this game like Johnny said probably seven or eight times already. So if you want it, if you want to uh, really dig in, go back and find all the other terrible Blackhawks losses and just listen to those two. Um, <laughs> it, you know, I I, I kid, but uh, this was. I mean, it was embarrassing again. This is exactly kind of what we thought was going to happen here, too. I mean, I don't know what kind of excuses that you want to make. I am going to make. The team's going to make. Anybody, it's just excuses at this point in time. This team's embarrassing. It's obviously banged up, depleted. They've got very little heart, I think, when it comes to trying to get back into these games. A lot of the effort was too little, too late. You finally saw a push in the third period for, like, maybe a two-minute span there, Johnny. But other than that, I mean, they'd, why'd they even show up tonight? Yeah, I mean, obviously, probably would have served them better to uh, just, you know, hit it straight to St. Louis and kind of uh, regroup themselves, try and get some of those other injured guys, see if they're going to get back into the mix. Honestly, that's what it felt like with this one, because when you come out uh, in this game, Tony, and you got Alex to break it, and I know the Blackhawks actually did do a good job on the penalty kill of, uh, you know, they were, you know, uh, four for four on the penalty killed night. But uh, even I think just coming in, setting the tone, Alex to break it, taking a tripping penalty and whether it was inadvertent or not, I'm sure he didn't mean to do it in the neutral zone. But either way, you get tied up like that. You get called 10 seconds into the fucking game. 10 seconds. That sets a terrible tone for the rest of the night because it you know what it does? Uh, it might not change the score sheet then, because like I said, the Blackhawks killed all four of the Coyotes power plays tonight. But it sends it straight. The the Coyotes are playing straight downhill, and then it's an uphill battle for the Blackhawks all night after that. And you, it was very evident in the first period because there were numerous other penalties uh, throughout that. And, and even if those didn't result in goals um, against for it, there were chances in between that obviously the Coyotes had the momentum from those power plays to help lead to those goals. Um, so it, it it was kind of doomed from the start here, in my opinion, Tone. Yeah, and that's exactly what it looked like. The Hawks really never had a fighting chance in this game. Um, you know, I don't even know if we want to go through this whole thing chronologically or not, but they. I think we just go through points, just some bullet points, and honestly, some kind of stuff that I tweeted out during it. And I just kind of re- gave you a good recap of that. Um, I guess one comment I'll have is Boquist being uh, brutal in the first period overall. He got sucked in the ozone on that first goal. Uh, you know, Grabner was able to, um, you know, convert off a turnover. And then uh, he also got beaten back on kind of like a button hook entry uh, on the Keller goal, the second goal of the game. So that's a rough showing early for the rookie there. But other than that, if you're talking first period here, they didn't do anything to give you, as I tweeted this out from Four Feathers, and I'm going to reiterate it here on the podcast, on, on the actual show tonight here, is that they don't do anything 
to give you hope that they're going to come back. It's not like, oh, well, shit, they had a, so many rushes and so many, mm-hmm. you know, offensive scoring chances and whatever. I said, you can count the offensive scoring chances on one hand. And what was it? A Carpy doorstep chance. There was a Debrinket really nice power play shot that didn't go through. And then there was a sad stuff attempt that got, you know, shut down pretty easily. But say he puts a little more effort and rams through the goalie a little bit. Maybe you're getting that. Um, so they just put themselves in the hole there and it doesn't give you any hope that they can come back. So if we as fans don't think that we can, of course, in the locker room, there's probably like a little bit of pipe up, but I would imagine that realistically in their minds, they don't think they can come back either. Yeah. And it's really telling when, you know, nothing against your guy here, but the leader of shots on golden night was Ryan Carpenter with five. And it just, there's a cliff that is right after that. I mean, Strom had three, yeah. Ali Mata had three, and Eric Gustafson had three. No, uh, I think there was a few guys out there with two, but you know, one shot on goal from Patrick Kane in twenty believe, minutes of ice time. I believe he had zero at Vegas on Tuesday night as well. I believe I heard that on the broadcast tonight. You know that that's that's concerning in and of but itself. For my stick to click. Yeah, that's that's concerning. I mean, it's just there's there's no fluidity to this offense at all right now. You know, it, this is the worst time, too, because we talked about it. How do you win this game against Arizona? You outscore them. Yeah, that's and what I you, said. You, you, can't, you can't get that done when you've got no offensive cohesion. None whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Taze line finally eventually did get through in the second period. Um, and then you saw Strom put one uh, in off of a, a rebound. But yeah. other than that, I, like... I, I, I've got a little stat here, and it was courtesy of the broadcast, but they had five shots on goal from their top six forwards in the first two periods combined. Not great, Bob. No, that's not that's not going to get it done. It's just, and look it, at the one. Sorry, I hate to keep cutting you off here, Tony, but look at one of them that actually did go through. Imagine if you're actually able to roll those lines a little bit better, yeah. do a little more production. Look at one that did come through. It was a Kubelik shot from the wing. It was wide out, but what did he do? He shot for a pad. Taves is right there and slammed home the rebound. Sorry, I'm just really frustrated, but, you know, it, it's just things that you see and observations that you make during the game that you know could make this team better and actually put them on a trajectory to win, and they just can't fucking do it. No, they can't. It's No, you are you have every right to be incredibly frustrated with this. I'm frustrated with it. I mean, I, I just go back to, I thought this team might be, the like, the first team in a little while that could, is constructed well enough to to carry us into some playoff hockey and I'm looking at it now and it's just, it's depressing. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It, when you're watching this team flounder this way, especially after the, the, like the, the rest of this decade, if we want to quantify it, this has got to be the worst team that we've seen the Blackhawks have in 10 years. It really is. And I don't know if they're going to wind up, worse than they were last year, but it sure as hell seems like they are at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what gives. Ben Pope said it uh, during yep. the game on Twitter. I don't know what you would do to even fix this. And looking at it now in mid-December, we've got months left to go. We've got to break this game down probably 10 more times this year. Oh, at least. You know, and The way things are going, at least yeah. that many. And that's that's not fun. It's not fun doing this. It's not fun talking about how bad they are. This team still has stars on it. This team still has players who are, you know, in their prime or just a little bit past it. This team has one of the best 
NHL scores on the ice. Yeah, he, about a guy who's about to lead this decade in points. Yeah. Uh, we, that, I put out that tweet from Four Feathers today. Patrick Kane will lead the NHL in points for the 2010 through 20, you know, 19, that decade time frame. And in the last three years now, wasted. Yeah. And not only that, you also have a goalie tandem that could arguably be one of the best in the league. I don't know if they're still the best in the league after this little stretch here, but Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford are both outstanding goaltenders. Yeah. Wasted, just absolutely wasted right now. And, you know, I hate to just go point fingers because I, I don't even think firing Jeremy Carlton right now fixes this, this problem. It does. It doesn't fix the problem. No. We also know you've got a cap crunch coming up. What the hell are they going to do there? This, this is, this is hockey. Hell man. This is absolute it's, fucking hockey it's, hell. You know, it's it's kind of worse because it's limbo, Tony. That, and that's what I'm going to go ahead and name tonight's episode of uh, this post-game edition. It's limbo because I really want to go back to what you said about Ben Pope's tweet and just, just kind of rehash that. And he says, the tweet word for word was, if I'm the Hawks, I really have no idea what to do. The D without Keith and DeHaan is getting shredded almost every shift in the last few games. A hundred odd man rushes, can't track anyone in the zone, et cetera, et cetera. And Philip Holm is not going to fix us a call who I'd possibly suggested. Granted, that was if Olimata wasn't going to play. He was back in, and obviously things didn't change at all uh, tonight. But, I mean, you know they're missing two of their top defensive guys. But either way, when you had said from the beginning of this year, when you looked at it on paper, the way this thing was constructed, it looked like it had a chance to be better than both these past two years. And we were talking about a possible bubble team. And, hell, on that little win streak that they had, that four-game win streak, uh, what was that, in the middle of November, we were talking about them being a possible bubble team. There's no question about it because we know that's a potential they can play up to, but they don't every night, and it's so frustrating. And then now they're in a limbo uh, cap-wise. Obviously, we know all the constraints that are coming up. Uh, we know that they've been screwed by having to play 17 skaters against St. Louis uh, back you know, a couple Monday nights ago. Um, it's a – it's, you know – I, I agree with you in hell and like the way that we like kind of perceive it. And, it, you know, it, it's super frustrating and seems kind of extremely daunting. But from a hockey standpoint, it's limbo because there are still effective players on this roster. But yet there is no direction to a upshot and success, if that makes sense. You know well, what I mean? If, if I get where you're coming with the limbo thing. I think that's what makes it hell for me because you're watching this and you're watching shades of Blackhawks greatness, basically night in and night out paired with bad coaching, bad defensive play straddled with bad contracts. And you can see where this team should succeed. And yet you're stuck watching this train wreck over and over and over and over again, night in night out. Every time they take the ice, there's there's just this this feeling that they can get absolutely fucking murdered and that is hell for me because yeah. you know no, you know this team could be so much better so much better like and, and it's not so far out of the question that if this was constructed properly and coached properly we've seen it with the Pittsburgh Penguins we've seen it with Boston we've seen it with these teams who have the same level of talent as the Blackhawks do in their core, reconstruct something that makes the playoffs and goes on a deep run. This isn't out of the question. The Hawks just never really figured out after 2015 how to reconstruct that. Mm-hmm. That's you know That goes back to Stan Bowman, I think. And while he did put something better here on, on paper, 
you know, I don't think this was all fully cooked. You know, it was just yeah. kind of it was just kind of slapped out there. Yeah, it's better. You cleaned up some of your messes. We're not talking about Jan Ruda anymore, which is great. Or you know, it just it's it's not it's not good enough. Yeah, even what you did is not good enough. Bubble team, fine. I'd love to watch a playoff hockey game with the Four Feathers crew. That's what I thought we were going to get this this you know, come this April. I thought we'd be watching playoff hockey together, whether that be for two or three games that we got to actually share together and, and comment on, or if it was a, a deep run. I don't know. Once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. But now it's just like, okay, so we get to recap all these games, talk about it, and talk about all these like just buzzsaw teams that we run into. And everybody else seems to figure out a way to get better. And we just continue to figure out ways to screw it up. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. frustrating. It's hockey hell for me. Yeah, so I, I think the best way for me to wrap that up, because I'm totally with you, echo all those thoughts that you had just put out there. I think the best way I can recap that in, because we need to get moving on here uh, so we don't keep the listeners too long, I'll recap that by saying the Blackhawks being in limbo makes it feel like hell. Yes. So there we go. That's going to be our recap on it. Um, from the rest of tonight's game, you know, you had that rebound goal from Jonathan Taves, like we had talked about. Dylan Strom on the power play. Yeah, great. You scored against a uh, former team. But uh, former Blackhawks uh, killed us uh, on the same token there. Uh, Hinnestros had three assists. Osterley had an assist. Real nice stretch pass that helped beat Boquist. And uh, Nick Schmaltz had a goal off the faceoff that kind of put the dagger in things here. And I don't think we really need to get too much into the third period then because that Schmaltz goal came, um, you know, kind of midway through second period. And Hawks were down 3-1 at the time. And then that made it 4-1. Uh, that was it. That put the nail in the coffin. Sure, the Strom goal uh, came on the power play when they got a chance later, but um, too, a little too late, like you had said. So uh, I think we just need to uh, move on from this one and just get into these next two games because uh, there will be no Saturday recap episode uh, right after that game. Uh, they play back-to-back nights, so we will have a weekend recap episode on Sunday night recapping both Saturday night's game and Sunday night's game. So uh, let, let's get into these two. Saturday night, uh, the Blackhawks are in St. Louis visiting the uh, defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, who we had just seen uh, back at the United Center, um, you know, uh, about two weeks ago now um, when that game is going to be played. So uh, they beat us four to nothing there. That was that 17 skater game like I talked about. Uh, St. Louis just took care of business tonight in their own building, finally back home. Uh, they beat the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that we had just lost to on uh, Tuesday night by a score of 4-2 tonight. Um, so obviously they're able to handle them. We saw the way that they were able to stifle chances on us on uh, that Monday game, uh, the 2nd of December, the one I'm referring to with the 17 skaters. So um, just initial thoughts going into this one. I can't imagine it would be anything positive from your side. No, I mean, you, you, again, you're going up against the, you know, the leading team in the Central Division and – not only uh, the Central Division right now, the Western Conference, the Blues are a great team. And right now we're sitting in last place. There's no expectation on the Hawks to win this game. You're not getting Duncan Keith back at this point in time. Uh, you're not Calvin getting Dahan back. You know, it's 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 going to be the same defense that you saw here tonight. You couldn't handle the Arizona Coyotes. They're... I think uh, I don't know if these are completely updated. I'm going off of uh, the Google standings here real quick that I just looked up, but 42 points for the Coyotes, 44 for the Blues. 
I'm not sure if uh, the Coyotes tied them tonight or if this is completely updated because we're recording right after the game here. Those are correct. Okay. So you're facing a team of the same stature. Um, you know, and that, that win against Boston feels so far in the past right now. Um, you, you can't even carry that in. You know, I talk a lot about the Hawks playing up to some of these teams. If there was ever a time to kind of make that true, it's, it's right here. You can play up to the blues. I I don't know how that's going to happen though. Um, you know, for as good a goaltending as we've had, Johnny, we, we haven't really stolen any games via the goalie. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's been almost made it, possible. It's Swiss it's Swiss cheese on the back end, Tony. That's why. Right. Uh, I think Ben Pope said, you know, you have a hundred odd man rushes pretty much per game. Obviously, he's exaggerating there, but you get the gist of it. Uh, you can just look at it visually, and you know, it's like pretty much every third shift, there, there's going to be an odd man rush for the opposing team uh, against the Blackhawks defense, no matter who it is out there. Hell, fucking Keith and Dahan were getting burned, even when whatever pairs they were part of when they were still part of this thing. So. Uh, it hasn't been pretty all season. Yeah, and it's, you know, I just look at this up and down right now, the Central Division in the last 10. The Hawks are the only team that are not above 500 in the last 10 games. That's it's not a good sign for the Hawks, especially when you're trying to accumulate these points right here. You know, they're not too far from behind Nashville or, or, or Minnesota, but, you know, you're not going to make up any ground when you're when you're just running into this buzzsaw that right now that, yeah. that they're on. You know, Vegas, uh, Arizona tonight, and then and then the Blues. I don't really expect to see a win here. I I just don't see a path to victory. Mm. I know we talked about a funeral last time we were playing them. You know, th- this is already like post mortem. You know, this is just. I I feel like this team is just so dead right now, and. You know, you and I did this whole, you know, recap on how Jonathan Taves and Alex DeBrinkett need to help out Patrick Kane. It's time for Patrick Kane to help himself out again. You know, you you mentioned it earlier. No shots against Vegas, one shot tonight. If this team is going to win games, it's got to be on Patrick Kane's back. It, it, It has to at this point in time. The only glimmer of hope that I see and and you had just said it for this game too is if Patrick Kane like puts up a hat trick or something mm-hmm. and you know it's like it's the equivalent for all you football folks out there it's the equivalent of throwing a you know fourth quarter two under two minute Hail Mary because that's already where the where the Hawks are starting you're you're down a touchdown and you're trying to throw Hail Marys down the field that that's where the Hawks are right now they there's there's no other option you're you're already there like that's that, that's how I feel. They start out every single game. It's already the fourth quarter, under two minutes. You're on your own like five yard line, and you have to just throw hell marys and hope somebody fucking catches it and scores a touchdown. Like there's there, there's no other like plan of attack here. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I'm totally with you, and it is that way because the offense can't put together sustained pressure. Um, they, they can't put together a series of clean looks in their own zone. You might get one shift, but that's about it, and then the next one don't come until about 14 minutes later. Uh, that's honestly what it feels like, and it, it's super frustrating to watch from an offensive standpoint. Then from a defensive standpoint, I've already uh, said my piece on it, I believe, but I'll just reiterate it again. It's Swiss cheese out there. Uh, I know they're depleted. I know they're playing a couple of rookies there in Dennis Gilbert and Adam Boquist, and Boquist had a really rough go of it tonight. Um 
much as we want to see him exceed uh, excel it's you know it's a learning process and uh being thrown into the you know line of fire like that uh he's paired with another rookie it's him and gilbert and they stayed together even after uh getting absolutely torched on one of those goals early in the first period tonight so um they, i i understand it's tough but man uh there's nothing to help it out and e- even when dahan and keith were out there there were still games where we were seeing uh you know that that nashville game when we were along you know back in the very end of October along 53 shots on goal. Everyone is healthy for that. No excuse for that time. So um, obviously it's just a systematic thing. So that goes down to bad coaching uh, that goes down to then the offense too, um, not being able to hold their zone, uh, enter the zone and, carry sustained pressure through there and uh i'm with you on the hail mary uh kind of thing is i would love to see patrick kane just throw up in hail mary and uh get us a couple early um I, that's really what's going to take in my mind to win but i don't see that happening um the blues are you know like the coyotes the coyotes are really good at uh both back checking and for checking they really like to get after you with their forwards um the blues like to get into their system and just trap you trap the shit out of you that's why you saw that monday game uh the december 2nd game the last time we played the blues um back at the united center uh, they shut down everything uh, and there were no real clean looks despite the Blackhawks leading in shots on goal and whatever. Nothing was really ever high danger. And that's what they're going to do again. They're going to suppress that. And I would uh, honestly predict a four to one victory uh, to, for the St. Louis blues um, in this upcoming game. You, you get lucky with one of them, like kind of like a bullshit garbage time goal, like Dominic Kubelik got against the Vegas golden Knights on Tuesday night. Um, and uh, while I have his name in my mouth there, Dominic Kubelik, uh, I do want to give him a little bit of props. He's been uh, jumped back up to that first line. He played a very small fraction of time up there to begin the season, though, still when they were kind of playing the dump and chase game. Uh, he's back up there now when they've kind of refined this look uh, to try and play a little bit more run and gun. And, um, you know, you talk about guys that you know, no one really had that much of a massive effect tonight. Um, but he, he has been noticeable. And I think, you know, Mark Lazarus tweeted out, he's always moving. He's always trying to create something. He's always, you know, bodying somebody up, uh, creating space for either himself or his teammates. He had three shots on golden night, one hit, uh, one assist. Uh, that was the shot that, you know, led to the first goal, uh, with Taves rebound and, uh, he was a plus one. So, and that was in, um, 1350 time on ice. So actually, yeah, 1350 time on ice. He had 35 seconds on the power play. So uh, that will be my one little tiny silver lining, Dominic Kubelik. And I think that slides it right into the stick to click. I'm going to roll with him uh, against St. Louis Blues, Dominic Kubelik uh, on that top line. How about you, Tone? Well, uh, I believe I took Taves in this game and that I guess panned out. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather the team win and, and get the stick to click wrong then then get the stick to click right and watch something like this tonight i'd rather but, have both. uh yeah I, I i'd rather have both too but i guess beggars can't be choosers johnny um you know i'm, I'm tempted to like almost take a defenseman here because the offense is just i don't know you know i'm gonna ride with kirby doc i think uh i think he needs to have kind of a resurgent game because he's been really held off the score sheet yeah. for a while, it feels like, and um, I think it's been eleven games now or something like that. Yeah, it, it's been a while for him. He's seeing he's seeing some decent minutes. You know, I complained, I think uh, last uh, weekend with uh, with the episode I did with Ron about his ice time, and it's there's kind of been an uptick in it. Twelve minutes, twenty five seconds time on ice tonight. I think he got two. Uh, 
no, he only had one shot on goal. But I, I, I really feel like he needs to have, yeah, you know, his moment. And they're going to be few and far between. I think as a rookie and and playing on that fourth line, they're going to be few and far between. But I think, I think maybe we get a little bit of a Kirby Doc yeah, moment. I, you know, I, he, he's going to come through on some of these. You've seen it against some of these teams that are. And granted, the styles are differently. Uh, you know, Vegas is a running gun team, whereas St. Louis is more of a trap, uh, systematic team. But you know. Against some of these teams, like you never know. Turby Doc has shown the ability to be able to dangle through and use his long reach to be able to kind of create a chance for himself. Now, yeah. I'll get back to a play tonight, but you know, you saw like his first ever goal came against Vegas back when we were at home. Then he had a really nice showing. I believe he had an assist and a goal in a game at Vegas the first time we were at Vegas, not this past time, not this past Tuesday when we got shellacked five to one. Um, but you know what I'm talking about that win, the first ever franchise win that we had against Vegas yeah. out there. Um, and he had a really nice showing in that one too so it's you know kind of i feel like he's kind of a guy that can play up to the competition a little bit too and that seems weird as a rookie but uh that is what it is and before i guess we kind of glossed over it because you know we're kind of it sucks having to be negative and kind of talk about the greater overall trends here uh one silver lining kind of thing that i did want to point out with kirby doc in tonight's game the loss to the coyotes was the um a play i believe it was the second period um, when he had a really, really nice back check and he lifted the stick of Nick Schmaltz. Uh, this is kind of earlier in the second period. So this is still at a time when, you know, the game was attainable, lifted the stick stick from Nick Schmaltz on the back check, uh, kind of skated all the way through the neutral zone as he was about to enter, was about to get kind of, uh, you know, bodied up, dangled around a guy. So like I said, using that long reach to kind of get in. And then he went in and got a shot off. And as he was, he got hooked. So I don't know if the shot actually technically went on net, but um, either way, it was towards a goalie and I uh, uh, drew a penalty. And, you know, the Hawks, of course, didn't convert on that penalty, uh, the power play that they had after that. But, uh, you know, that, that's something to notice from Kirby Doc a little bit. You just feel like the confident uh, confidence kind of grows a little bit game by game, you, even if it is just small increments. And there may be, uh, you know, a step forward, a couple steps back in some of these things. Uh Fuck the kid's eighteen years old. So uh, I like that pick, and since you brought him up, I completely forgot to bring that up in the notes that I had. But uh, since you said that, it kind of sparked my memory. So um, that's what I got on Kirby Doc. So I like that pick too. I feel like uh, the reach can kind of be a thing that can break up that kind of systematic St. Louis defense because tape tape passes most likely ain't going to work. No, and you know I think that uh, Kirby's the kind of kid that he he's going to have his his moments and he's going to show flashes and that's exactly what we want to see at him see from him right now. It's just these little flashes of greatness and and I think that that's going to like you said just grow the confidence kind of game by game and I think he's really due for for another nice little showing here. So that's why I'm going Kirby Doc stick to click. Yep, I like it, Tone. So, uh, like I had mentioned, um, we will not be bringing you a post-game show on Saturday night, uh, a little bit busy weekend for the crew here over at Four Feathers. So, we'll get back to you as a full weekend recap uh, on Sunday night. That is uh, December 15th after the Blackhawks host the Minnesota Wild. That game is at 6 p.m. Central Time uh, back on home ice. You see one of those great 6 o'clock starts. I don't know if any... Start time's great anymore for the Blackhawks because it feels more like a chore at this point. But, um, you know, anyway, uh, we're still here for everyone. Uh, we'll be here for you to give the reaction. Uh, you can come commiserate with us. Uh, we'll have that weekend wrap-up after that game on Sunday night. So, um, yep, that's the weekend ahead. Uh, St. Louis on Saturday night, 7 o'clock, uh, down in the STL. 
uh, NBC Sports Chicago Plus for that one, and then 6 o'clock Sunday night uh, back on NBC Sports Chicago for the Blackhawks. So, Tony, that'll wrap it up for all of the show. Do you have any closing thoughts before we send it out? Uh, one quick thing I wanted to get on the uh, the Minnesota Wild for. Very winnable game for the Blackhawks. If there's going to be a game that can kind of stop the bleeding for them, there's only one other team in the Central Division that's given up more goals than the, than the Blackhawks. And, and, uh, and that's the Minnesota Wild right now. So and the, they've given up 106. I, I will I will uh, say that the Wild have been on a much better stretch, uh, much better trend as of late. But when you look at this situationally here, uh, the Minnesota Wild are playing at home on Saturday night uh, at 6 o'clock against the Philadelphia Flyers. And then they're in the Blackhawks building in Chicago uh, on Sunday night. And then that's the start of a three-game road trip for them uh, right before the holidays. You never know. Uh, maybe be able to catch them a little bit. Uh, I know we'll be back-to-back as well. But, um, you know, Philly is another team. Uh, they, they can really grind it out with you as well. So, um, you know, we'll see who takes advantage on Sunday night, really. Yeah, and, and I should preface that with there's no hotter team right now. Uh, over the last little stretch in the Central than the Wild. They're 6-1-3, and three, um, which just kind of edges out uh, over the Avalanches, 7-2-1. and one. I guess you can kind of throw that up there and argue about which one's better, but I would take the Wild um, just with going to that overtime instead of that extra extra loss there. But, um, you know, I think that uh, I think it's still a winnable game for them. If you can if you can manage to beat them, that's some important ground here in the Central. Uh, especially if you if you do what I'm going to expect to happen, lose to the Blues, um, you need to get back on track somehow. And um, I don't know if there's any other team in the Central that uh, is, uh, I guess, a little bit leaky at some times, and, and that would be the Minnesota Wild. So I'd like to see them actually take care of business on home ice. Yep, uh, I'd love to see two. Honestly, expecting none, but um, I could also see it going uh, one and one. So uh, that's all I've got for this episode of Blackhawks on Tap. We will get back to you again on Sunday night for a weekend recap of those Blues and Wild games. So, Tony, let's close it out how we always do. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks. <laughs>